Welcome back to Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast, where life, sports, and medicine intersect. We're very glad that you continue to support this podcast. You can get the information on any platform uh, where podcasts are played, as well as getting the video content on YouTube. But if you want to just get one place to find all the content, go to my website at drgarrickthesportsdoctor.com and you will find everything on that website. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. So welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast. We have another very interesting guest. I actually got a repeat guest coming back. Got a medical student, fourth year medical student, Donovan Dahmer. Uh, so welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. I guess I did a good enough job on the first one to come back for, for a second round. So uh, glad to be hey, here once again. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we got a special relationship. So I really wanted to catch up because, you know, it's funny when you came on the first time, I said I had to bring you back to talk about matching. And now that you've matched officially, congratulations on that. You know, so we won't talk about jumping to it too quickly, but congratulations. I know this has been something that you've been working towards. Uh, since the first time I met you. So um, it's pretty awesome. I was able to catch up with one of my mentors over the weekend. And I just know the feeling of being able to just be in the same space with somebody who's helped you along the way. Um, and mentorship has always been key for me, you know, getting it through undergraduate, getting into medical school, getting out of medical school, getting into residency. So anytime that I have the opportunity to mentor someone else, you know, I don't take it lightly, and I know the impressions that you can make on other people just by being present sometimes. So, you know, I'm really happy to have this relationship with you, and I really value it. Thank you so much, man. I, I agree 100%. Um, you yeah. know, I'm mentoring some of my students, some students as well, and it's it's so great to see their growth. It's a blessing to see. So, yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm trying to think when you appeared in my office, <laughs> Um, you were going, let's see, you were probably a junior or senior in undergraduate. Um, right. What's that, about 2019, 2018, something like that? Yeah, I want to say, I want to say around probably like 20, 2017, 2018. I think I was a okay. sophomore, maybe, sophomore, okay. junior in college. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, just trying to figure out, you know, how to get into medical school and being strategic about it. And, you know, at that point, we thought we were going to make you into an orthopedic surgeon, but you know, we we get we put our best foot forward. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. We we open up the doors. We even let you come work out with us in the morning. You know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You guys, you guys gave it. You guys gave it a good <laughs> a good effort. But man, ophthalmology just came in and just just swept me off my feet. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you remember about the orthopedic rotation the most when you were with us? Yeah, Does yeah. Send out to you. Man, you know, I think I think the biggest thing is that you know, just being in the clinic, I hadn't had a lot of exposure in the clinic to begin with, you know, being a first generation medical student, first generation physician, um, you know, that was a big, that alone was a, was a great experience. But I think just the way you guys worked as a team, I think that's the biggest thing that really uh, left a, such a, an amazing impression on me is the fact that, you know, the way you interact with your nurses, the way you inter interacted with Tony, the way you guys just work together to be able to provide the just the best um, care for your patients that really stuck with me. And, and, I, and I was like, man, I want to be like Dr. Burgess because literally everyone around you had great things to say about you. You know, they didn't say you were some mean, grumpy surgeon. They were like, man, he's a great guy to work with. So I think just 
everyone's attitude and everyone's ability to work as a great team was was the biggest thing that that I left, you know, leaving with that just that overall impression. Yeah, and I appreciate that compliment. But um, you know, you you were different when you showed up. I remember the first day you came, you had your notepad, you were taking notes. You know, we gave you the little gray jacket to wear. Uh-huh, <laughs> you yeah. remember the gray jacket? So I mean, yeah. you presented as a professional from day one, and you were always very business like. And you always ask them questions and think of them about kind of the next step, which is very impressive, which, you know, worked out for you very well, because even going to med school, you had multiple offers, right? You had, uh, yeah. I remember joking to you about the bidding wars over scholarships for you, which is not something that's very usual. Um, so that's awesome to see that. Uh, one thing that stands out to me when I think about when you were there, remember we you got the challenge that time? Do you remember the challenge from one of my partners? Oh, I did. I did. And I and I kind of fumbled the challenge, but I learned from it. I learned yes. from it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Hey, talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh so let's see, I think it was Dr. Black. He he uh, we were looking at an x-ray and, and he pointed out a, you know a specific bone and maybe a joint in the foot. And he was mm-hmm. saying, you know, tell me why this portion of the foot is is important. And I gave it a good a good guess and he was like, okay, I like that, but um but I want you to I want you to look up uh, Liz Frank joint and come back and, and kind of tell me about it. And, you know, I was like, OK, I'll, I'll make sure to do that. And then whenever I heard that he wasn't coming back until next Monday, I was like, oh, OK, I got some time. I can work on some other stuff. And then I saw him in the gym that Friday and I was like, well, well, look at this. <laughs> and he was and he was like, all right, man, lay it on me. And I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. But man, that was such a good lesson because. Let me tell you something. Whenever an ophthalmologist, when he told me, hey, I want you to go up and, and read up on, on the specific disease, guess what I did? I went up and read on it. Next time, I, I didn't see him again until like two months later. And he was like, hey, tell me about that disease. And then I was ready because I had that experience with Dr. Black, with you and Dr. Black at the clinic. And that just kind of gave me that, uh, just that, that life lesson, like, hey, go read up on that when they say go read up on it, you know? Yeah, no, it's all about life lessons. And, you know, is we do some things jokingly, but we know that they have a bigger purpose um, because you never know, like you said, if you're not prepared when you're on that interview, which the interview ha- starts, you know, from the application process. If you're late yeah. <laughs> in the application process, you're already getting put to the bottom, you know? So these (laughs) small things that you take for granted sometimes are the decision-making. It's not when you show up in your suit that the interview starts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So, you know, you had a very unique medical school career, so to speak. You know, you entered medical school in what, 2020 or 2019? 2019, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, as a first year medical student, you encounter a pandemic. So you will probably be the official pandemic class, I guess. I don't, do they talk about that now? About just like how we had to experience that as, as yeah, like I mean, from almost from year one, right? Year yeah, one, year one. So pretty much currently, you know, where things are kind of normalizing a little bit now, but you're going to, you entered the work in medical school pre-pandemic, and now you'll graduate into kind of a post-pandemic world, which is different in medicine. Um, and you really got to experience it all as a medical student, which is totally unique. Nobody had any preparation, professors, physicians, hospitals, you know, no one had preparation for what you encountered. So talk to us about your experience. Yeah, man. So, you know, first off, I think that my school did a great job of just being able to get us the right material 
and uh, in, in the right fashion where we could all kind of, you know, work through it independently, but we still had good support. You know, I think they did a great job of doing that, but it was different, man. It was like medical school online. So it was like online school on steroids and you really had to be disciplined because you couldn't go to class anymore. You had to create a plan. I mean, they, you know, they did the best that they could with virtual class, but virtual class was still just so different. But luckily for me, I thrive on building my own schedule, being able to be self-disciplined. Uh, so I actually did did fine. You know, I was able to come home and be with my family, um, which was great, you know, having that support. But it was different, man. I, I, I think the last year, the last half year of first year medical school was pretty much online. And then second year was kind of like a hybrid version of medical school, which was which was better for people who wanted to go to class. Uh, but still, it was it was different. It was nothing that we had ever experienced before. So, you know, everyone, including, like you said, including the professors and the teachers and the attendings, this was all new territory for them. But, you know, one thing about medicine is that you have to be adaptable. You know, you have to be able to just roll with the punches. So that's what we all did. To my knowledge, we didn't lose anybody during that time. We all were able to pass and, and do well. Obviously, there were some people who maybe had some uh, bumps in the road, but Overall, I would say that we all adapted and, and we all ended up doing pretty well and learning the material. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, so you'll be talking to medical students years from now, you know, about this experience yeah. and they'll be studying it <laughs> in textbooks, but you lived it. So that's a pretty awesome experience, yeah. even though, you know, it was rough and it was unique. But like you mentioned, you adapted and you probably became a better student because of it. Amen. Definitely so. All right. So, you know, like you mentioned before, first generation um, medical student, soon to be first generation physician. But, you know, we'd be remiss without talking about your great great grandfather, correct? Yeah. yeah uh, great, so, great. you know, talk to me about the influence that he had on your life. Number one, did you even have a chance to meet him? No, I didn't get a chance to meet him. Yeah. yeah but, but just hearing story. stories. Absolutely. So exactly. just talk to us about his life. Yeah, yeah, man. So, you know, he was just a he was just a trailblazer for, you know, just the African American community in general, but especially, you know, deep south Mississippi, you know, in the in the 50, 40s, 50s, 60s. I mean, just the the things that he did as a businessman, as a black businessman, was just stuff unheard of down here, you know, owning his tractor, owning his own store. And a lot of people um, you know, didn't really appreciated that they they saw that as a threat you know because you know who's this black man you know just trailblazing and, and just doing all these great things and you know I think the biggest influence that he's had on my life like his story is just the fact first off he was very courageous like he didn't to me I felt like he didn't take no for an answer like yeah. he he saw the odds but he but he didn't allow that to hold him back that that he kept on pursuing he had perseverance um, going after things that he believed what was right, fought for the things that he believed um, was right. And, you know, that really inspired me as a man to really uh, go after those things that I also have a passion for and not to take no for an answer, but to continue to persevere. And another thing is the way he gave back to the community. That was Absolutely. also a big thing that I was like, man, you know, he didn't live a selfish life. He was like, man, you know, I want to give back to the community especially in the realm of rights, fighting for just, you know, civil rights and, and voters everything. Voters' rights. That, and, yeah. yeah, voters' rights, exactly, yeah. And, you know, that really 
that really left a, an amazing impression on me. Like, hey, man, I want to give back to the community like my great grandfather did. Um, Absolutely. And, and yeah, I, I would say those things are, are some of the things that really left an impact on me. And, you know, I didn't mention his name, but your grandfather's great, great grandfather's name is Vernon Dahmer, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So we'll have that so they can splice that into the beginning. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, and like you mentioned, the impact that he made on the local community in Hattiesburg and in South Mississippi. But the fact that he was able to accomplish that in Mississippi undoubtedly played a bigger role than just in Mississippi. You know, it's Alabama, it's the whole South. We're fighting exactly. for the same things. And, you know, he did it knowing that his life would be on the line, but he still did it for the greater good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, taking, I always, you know, anytime I hear the word no, I always ask myself, is it truly no, or is it, I don't want to be bothered? You know, I don't yeah. understand it. Or, you know, because many times people will just reflexively tell you no, simply to dismiss you. So anytime I hear no, I'm thinking truly in my mind, maybe not now, or, you know, do you not truly understand the impact that we can have? So it, I'm always thinking about other routes when I hear the word no. You know, I heard the word no coming out of medical school. I was not yeah. as fortunate as you with the match, you know, I heard the word no, and it stung, and it was scary, but I knew that this is something I've been fighting for since I've been 15, 16 years old, so it's not time to give up on the dream now, um, but yeah, yeah, so, you know, I'm really proud of the way that you've just kind of blazed this trail that you're on, and, you know, let's talk about what's next for you, because the match process for, I know we're going to have a lot of medical students listening to this episode so talk to us about the match process and kind of how that all goes about yeah man so the match is a very unique uh can be at times stressful process you know it all starts uh, i mean you could you could argue that it all starts from day one of medical school you know everything yeah. that you're doing leads up to you forming a resume that you know goes on your application that then you know you even apply but really it kicks up you know at the beginning of fourth year uh, for ophthalmology, everything was earlier. So I, so while my friends were kind of enjoying post-step two vacation, I was working on applications. I was also doing away rotations because for those more competitive specialties, you have to go and actually present yourself to, you know, two to three different residencies to make sure you at least have some good interviews. So I was kind of preparing for that as well. So, um, you know, I started with the application, got that in. After that, focused on my ways. After that, it was interview season. So I was doing all kinds of interviews. I had about 15 interviews. I had about 19 offers, but for ophthalmology, they only allowed you to accept 15. So um, Which is I was amazing in itself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was very blessed to get 15 interviews, and then um, and then from that, from like I would say November to to December, it was just interviewing. You know, pretty much two or three interviews per week, and, virtually and or in person. Oh, it was all virtual for me. However, okay. some students, they have a mixture of a virtual and in-person, which can be pretty stressful. But um, for me, it was all virtual. Uh, thankfully, it saved me some money, but I wasn't able oh, to absolutely. see, you know, the residency itself. But they also had some, you know, some nights before the interview where you could interact with residents. So they, they made it where you could still get a good feel of the residency, which I really appreciated. But after all the interviews, man, it was it was match day for me, which is February 1st. Everyone else, it's March 17th. So I was able to, you know, find out where I matched a month and a half early. 
So that's been nice because now I know where I'm going. I can kind of chill out for a little bit and start looking for apartments and um, just be kind of rooting on and supporting my colleagues as they get ready for their match day. So talk to us about that moment, you know, leading up to, what would you say, February the 2nd? February 1st. February 1st. Yeah. So talk to us about that day. If you're enjoying this episode, don't wait to the end to share it. Share it now. Share this with a friend or a colleague that you think might find value in this information. And then also make sure that you click and leave us a five-star review and give us feedback because we really value your feedback and your input. Now back to the episode. Yeah, man. So that day was was very special. I mean, it's one of the most special days that I'll, I'll that I'll probably have uh, at, at this point. Obviously, you know, babies and marriage and whatnot when that comes. <laughs> but uh, but man, it was. You know, I woke up and obviously, you know, I had I wasn't really anxious or nervous, but I just I was very excited and I just had you know just adrenaline pumping from the moment that I woke up. And the way my parents wanted to do it, they kind of wanted to do it as like a gender reveal. So they wanted the cameras. They wanted me to not know where I was going until then. So I had to like not look at my phone, which was very, very right. difficult. And yeah. I had all these calls and people texting me. So I was like, well, hopefully that's a good sign that I matched, you know, <laughs> because the, the program director, they will call you once you match. So I had a missed call from a number. I wasn't really sure it was an unknown caller. So I was like, maybe that was my director. So I got ready as quickly as I could ran downstairs. We went outside and, um, scrolled through my email and, and found out that I matched at Iowa, University of Iowa, which I was super excited about. It was my number one choice and my parents got it all on camera. And man, it was just like, man, eight, well, you could argue 25 years of work, but like eight right. years of just nonstop studying has finally paid off. And it was like, man, I'm going to be an eye surgeon. I was like, that's like all glory to God. Like, I mean, he's been with me every step of the way. I've always put him first. And, you know, he's always showing up for me. He's always giving me favor. And man, I was just like in awe, you know, it was just, it, it was a very humbling moment um, because I know not everyone on that day, you know, had uh, great news. So I was just very grateful, you know, really very grateful. Like you mentioned, that's a moment you'll never forget. And yeah. I want you to, you know, appreciate that moment because at times, you know, a couple of years down the road, a lot of people you're going to yeah. run into, not necessarily you, but they're going to be complaining every day that they show up and walk into the hospital. So you have to really remember how blessed you are to be in this opportunity because many people, like you said, you're going into one of the more competitive uh, residency programs and more competitive specialties in medicine and you're very blessed to be there. So congrats again. Yeah, thank you so much. So why ophthalmology? What were some of the deciding factors for you? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you know, I, I pretty much I grew up around eye pathology. You know, both of my uh, grandfathers had eye diseases, uh, one being glaucoma, which is fairly well known in the black community, especially. Mm -hmm. But then it wasn't until second year medical school when I shadowed ophthalmology that that spark really kind of clicked for me. And, and that weekend after I shadowed, I just researched the field. I researched the field like crazy, came across a minority ophthalmology mentoring program signed up for that as soon as applications released. And, you know, I kept an open mind and in my prayers, I always told God like, Hey God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. But this is like an interest that I have, you know? And, and I just, I just looked for 
opportunities to just kind of see if ophthalmology was for me. And eventually third year, um, I, I went to the conference down in New Orleans, the big ophthalmology conference. And man, I just fell in love. Everyone was just so welcoming, so warm. They said, hey man, we love our jobs. Like we're, we're 20, 30, 40 years in and we still love what we do. And that, and that alone was like, man, that's what I want. That's what I'm really like craving. And then after that, I just really love the pathology. I love the, the fact that I could do surgery in clinic. I, I found the eye just to be very fascinating. And it all just worked out, man, where it was just like a perfect fit for me. And, and the biggest thing also is that, man, I get to restore vision. Like there are people who walk into the clinic with cataracts and maybe, you know, it's, it's gotten really bad where it's really dense and they can't really see. We do a 15, 20 minute surgery they walk out the next, or they walk out of the clinic already being able to see, but after the, the swelling goes down, they can really be able to have clear vision. And you see them the next day, they're like, wow, I can see again. And to yeah. me, man, I was like, that would be so fulfilling to, to do that for years and years and years and go across seas and do it, do some, yeah. do some mission work across seas. So yeah, that's, that's what definitely why out the model. Lifestyle, yeah, yeah. you know, this is one of the four or five top lifestyle specialties. Talk to us about that. Yeah, man. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a guy who definitely wants to have a family. I'm a guy who definitely wants to, you know, I had a very present ladies, father. Listen, li- listen, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a very present father who took me to games, took me to practices, took me to the movies. You know, I wanted to give my, my kids that same experience to be present. And, you know, obviously want, want to be married, want to be a husband, you know, maybe want to be a deacon in a church. Um, want to be able to be a leader in my community. So I knew I didn't always want to be at the hospital or the, or the clinic all the time. So ophthalmology really gives me that healthy balance of being able to, you know, work and work hard and do well for myself and give back to patients, but also be able to go home, be at home, be present, uh, be able to go enjoy different things in life and really have a whole full healthy life instead of just my balance being, and, and I know at different points in my career, it's going to be out of balance. Sure, uh, sure. But overall, the the common thread that I really want in my career is that, hey, man, I can be present in both places. No, that's awesome. And lifestyle, as we are starting to learn more and more, I mean, generations ago, it was, oh, my spouse is a doctor, my husband's a doctor, you know, my father is a doctor, and everybody just kind of excused you from being present. But that's, I say that's different in this in today's age where people are wanting to be not only a doctor and a family member, but a doctor and have other interests outside of the field of medicine. So, you know, I think that's something that's very important and you already have that in the forefront of your mind. So that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. So on time out with the sports doctor, this is your final time out. So like I said, you're a fourth year medical student. You have risen to the top, you know, everybody, I'm sure you always have first year students, man, how did you do it? And, you know, because it's really the great unknown until you get there. Once you start the clinical years, you're like over halfway there. You're probably about 75% there once you can get through the basic sciences of first and second year. So just speak to the medical students or the young kids or a young professional who still has dreams and desires to go into medicine or to, you know, they're still just trying to find themselves. So just kind of give them some encouraging words of, you know, what living your dreams and pursuing your dreams can bring to you. Yeah, man. Oh, boy. You know, if I could go back and talk to myself, I would say, I would say, man, like, you know, figure out what your calling is. And then don't listen to the voices 
that aren't willing, that aren't talking to you to invest in you. Like, obviously, when you have mentors who are seeking, you know, their words are investments, but there are going to be people out there where their words are, they're trying to either discourage you, insult you. And I remember, man, I remember uh, getting online and looking at ophthalmology, seeing how competitive it is, you know, looking at the school, like what you needed for scores, what you needed for research and all that stuff is very relevant. But it's like, it's like, man, like sometimes I feel like we get so caught up in listening to what other people are doing, what other people are saying, we can get lost in like what, you know, Donovan wants to do or what, whoever's listening, what you really want to do. And to me, I think that being able to block out the, the voices that aren't willing to invest in you and, and actually go after what you desire and what you feel like God or whoever you believe in is calling you to do. I think that's the most important thing because you're going to get a lot of opinions. You're going to get a lot right. of people saying this and that, but man, you know, and, and, and I know you experienced it, you know, you had to, you had to kind of really say, Hey, this is what I want to do. I'm going to block out what other people are telling me and go after it. And it paid off. And for me, yeah. it also paid off because I almost was like, man, I guess I'm not fed enough for ophthalmology, but then I would have missed out on my calling. And it's like, no, like, whatever you have a desire to do, whatever you are, are feeling like you're being led to, go after it. And, and don't give up until it's simply, until reality really comes in and says, okay, you really can't do this. But oftentimes, you know, to me, I feel like oftentimes it works out exactly the way that it was meant to. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, many times we deny ourselves access by not even trying, by Amen. listening. Man, I have so many people that I've, not necessarily mentees, but I hear their stories and I'm like, I know what you have. and I know that you're cut out to do this. However, you just let this person tell you don't apply because one piece of your application wasn't perfect. And now here you are two, three, four years down the road, you know, um, and you denied yourself access just by not trying. So I definitely want people to hear that, that, you know, never be the, you know, the person who's on trial and the judge at the same time all you can do is what you can do control what you can control and leave the rest to God exactly exactly and, and and one last thing you know I didn't want to live my life by what ifs like I didn't want to wake up 10 or 20 years down the road and say man what if I would have actually gone for what I felt like God was calling me to and I mean being a doctor no matter what you are you is, is great. Even if I would ended up being an internal medicine doctor, that I probably or would have loved that. Surgeon, right? <laughs> exactly. I probably would have loved it. But but then I would have been like, man, but like, what if though? So I was like, I'm not living my life based off what ifs. I'm going after it. So I don't have any regrets at the end of my life. I said, hey, I fought past the fear and and I and I pushed through and, and I was courageous like my great grandfather and I went for it, you know? That's great. And, you know, one day we're going to sit down and you're going to have to teach me the visual fields because <laughs> I swore that I understood that. And then I took the test and I flipped it all around. I think I barely yeah. passed the test and yeah. I never even tried to go back and relearn it. So <laughs> your your strength is my weakness by far. So one day you have to sit down and teach it to me. Definitely, definitely. We'll do. We'll yeah. do. It can be pretty yeah. tricky, but uh, but there's some tricks out there. Absolutely. Hey, well, thank you for stopping back through to give us an update. You know, we're all rooting for you here on the podcast and, you know, make sure, hey, I want you to share that video with us so we can use it uh, during that week to uh, promote your, okay. what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. We'll do. We'll do. Yeah. All right. And then uh, tell people how they can follow along with your story and your, your journey through medicine. 
Yeah, man. So I am, I'm, I'm pretty big on Instagram. I kind of take breaks here and there, but you guys can follow me at D underscore Damer, D-A-H-M-E-R, and then 25. Or you can just type in Donovan Damer and you should be able to find me that way as well. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be on there just kind of posting maybe some of my stuff just and also life stuff as well. So yeah, check me out there. All right, perfect. Yeah, and that's a great platform, especially like you mentioned, eyes, people don't really know what they should be doing, number one, you know, they don't know the effects that diabetes and hypertension and things of that nature, how they affect the eyes and how they affect many organ systems in the body. So you really have a, a voice that you can use to help your community outside of just seeing them in your office. So exactly, make sure you exactly. which is that. the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is the goal, man. Yeah. All right, man. I'm excited for you. I'm proud of you and keep doing your thing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Burgess. Appreciate it. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a five-star review. And if you haven't done so, subscribe so you continue to get the updated episode. Until later, peace. Life, sports, and medicine.